0: And what a beautiful prayer, Amen. Here's my life, Lord. Speak what is true, and that's what we want Him to do this morning, right? Is to speak truth into our life. If you have your Bibles today, uh, I want you to turn with me back to uh, Psalm 139. We spent time there last week as we opened our uh, uh, new sermon series together, uh, running on empty. Last week we talked about uh, kind of the first foundational step that um, that we um, that we can need to take when we find ourselves in a difficult season of life and we're running on empty and and that was to remember upward to remember just who this God that we serve is to remember him and remember that as we talked about God is all knowing that he knows exactly where you are right now that he's always present he is always with us and that he's all powerful not only did he create not only did he create you but he's constantly thinking about you, if you're glad to be reminded again this morning that God's thinking about you right now, say Amen. His thoughts are upon you and upon me, and I'm grateful for a God who cares about us enough to think about us and to, and to, and to care about what's taking place in. Our life, and so uh, I share with you that when we're running on empty, we need to stop and remember upward, remember how great and powerful and awesome this God that we serve is. And today, I want us to take a look at the next thing that I feel like that we can do when we may feel like we're running on empty. And to discover that, I do want us to look back at Psalm 139 and uh, take a look at toward the end of this chapter where we see uh, David praise, really a prayer to close um, close this chapter. Psalm 139, beginning with verse twenty. 23. Let's look at that together. It says this, familiar prayer. You've probably prayed it before. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. I want you to hear it from uh, the message paraphrase as well, just a couple of verses. Investigate my life, O God find out everything about me, cross-examine and test me, get a clear picture of what I'm about, see for yourself whether I've done anything wrong, then guide me on the road to eternal life. Father, we thank you for this prayer. And we pray this morning, I pray that it wouldn't be just a prayer that we read, but it would truly be a prayer that across our time together this morning that we would truly pray. God, would you search us today? Would you know our hearts? Would you test us and know our thoughts? Would you see if there's anything in us that's offensive to you? And would you lead us this morning? Would you make that each one of our prayers to you today? And may your Holy Spirit guide us in these next few moments together, we pray in Jesus' name. And everyone said, I want to propose to you this morning that if you're in a season of emptiness, and if you need God's provision in a fresh and a new and a real way then it's time to take uh, it's it's good to take time this morning and just reflect inward and take a fresh look at where you are in your relationship with God. Take a look at where you are in your relationship with God. The reality is that these seasons of emptiness can come when we're striving to walk in all the light that God has given us. And when we find ourselves, even when we're striving to do all that we know that God has asked us to do, we're doing everything that we know and we're, and we're obeying him as fully as we know to obey him. We can still find ourselves in seasons of emptiness. We see that example in scripture. Job would be a perfect example of that, striving to live the life that God had called him to live and yet finds himself very much in, a season of emptiness in his life. But there are also seasons of emptiness that come into our life when we have maybe slowly drifted spiritually from where we know we need to be. In fact, I would say that it's common for us to find ourselves in places of emptiness when we've allowed spiritual drift to take place in our life. We're running on empty because as we talked about last week, maybe the the, the pain and the pressures and the pace of life have begun to overwhelm us and caused us over time to begin to drift away from the perfect will that God has for us. Whatever has brought us to a season of emptiness, though, whether we're walking with God as fully as we know to be, or whether we discover maybe even today that we've allowed an area of our life or allowed our life over time to drift away from him, whatever is causing this, we need to take time to reflect inward this morning and open our heart and our mind to the Holy Spirit of God This morning, David invites this God who knows everything, this God who's always with him and who created him to help him, and he reflects inward. Notice with me the first thing he says here, and that is for God to search. He says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Again, the message says, Investigate. My life, oh God, find out everything about me, search me, investigate me. This word would mean to explore, to examine thoroughly, right? To seek out. When was the last time that you really opened your heart before God and asked God, invited Him to take a look inside of you, to really search you and to know you, to shine His light deep within your heart? When was the last time that you really paused and allowed God? To do this, you see, if we want God to fill us and provide for us all we need in this season of emptiness, we need to humble ourselves before God and allow Him this morning to search our hearts, to find out everything about us in a fresh way. What if we would say, Lord, would you let your Holy Spirit examine my actions? Would you let your Holy Spirit examine my motives, the reasons behind the why it is that I do the things that I do? Would you allow the Holy Spirit to, to look at my reactions, right? I need to stop and allow God to bring me face to face with the reality of where I'm really living right now, today. You know, if we're honest this morning, most of us, just the thought of that, we probably don't like very much, right? I mean, we'll talk about others, the problems of others, right? We, we don't mind that so much, talking about what's wrong with somebody else, right? Maybe what they're going through. Maybe let them be, hey, I think it's great, Pastor. These folks around me today, boy, they need examined, I'll tell you, right? We have no problem with that. But we struggle a little bit more when it's opening our heart before God and saying what? Lord, examine my life. Look at my motives. Looking inward, examining ourselves. Most of us will avoid that. Or allowing really anyone else around us to ask probing questions into our lives. I mean, we're not comfortable with that. In fact, if we get close enough to someone where they start asking those kinds of questions, normally our initial reaction is to begin to do this, right? To begin to back off just a little bit because, you know, things are just getting too serious. And yet David says what we need to do this morning is be that open and vulnerable with the God that we serve. Now can I just remind you this morning of this that God knows anyway, right? He knows any, We talked about that last week. There is nothing about us that God doesn't already know You see, the thing that causes us to fear a little bit when we begin to think about this isn't so much that that God knows, it's that he's shining the light on it, and we have to do something about it. If you understand what I'm talking about this morning, say amen. That's the the tough part, right? But we have to open our heart to a God that loves us. And can I just remind you today that that God doesn't shine that light into our life. When we ask him to search us, he doesn't shine it in there to condemn us. He shines it in there to bring those things to light so that he can say, by my grace and my help, I can change this. By my grace and my help, your life can be transformed. This area that I bring to the surface, I can make a difference in that. If you're glad for that today, say amen. It's not condemnation. It's transformation that God wants to bring to our life. Allowing God to search our heart will reveal what is needed and help us to get through the empty season. But we have to stop and humble ourselves and really let him. I was thinking about uh, that this week, how how often we don't really like to do that. And I thought about, um, you know, I I, I drive my truck all the time and um, I've had a couple times since I've owned the truck where I'd be driving down the road one day and the check engine light would come on. You know what I'm talking about? The check, the service engine sooner, you know, the check engine light, you know, it, it would come on. And so when you see that light come on, you have a, a few options, right? Uh, you can, you can uh, just continue down the road and, and find, make your way to, to somebody that can diagnose that, or you can, you can keep driving. Now, my choice is normally <clears throat> to keep driving. I mean, unless it's broken down, like, unless it just simply will not run. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep plugging away, right? Now here now here's the other reality is that when I'm driving my truck with the check engine light on, like no, I don't think anybody here, my wife included, would know today if I would ask you, is my check engine light currently on? You have no clue, right? Because you may see me going down the road and everything can look just right, everything looks perfect. If my truck's washed, you, you'd be like, wow, you know, for a for an older truck, that's a pretty nice looking vehicle, right? I mean, everything must be going well, right? The reality is you have no clue, and yet I could be behind the wheel and I see that check engine light on. How many of you have driven with your check engine light on for more than a week? Just raise your hand this morning. Let's take a poll. How many are not being honest with your pastor this morning? Raise your hand. Okay, i got a few, there we go. Some in the back, all right, right? The tendency is that we think, hey, as long as everything at least appears to be running all right, I just keep driving it down the road. Can I just remind you this morning that, like, we have a spiritual check engine light? It's really the voice of the Holy Spirit. I'm so thankful that we serve a God that loves us so much that when we begin to drift spiritually, He doesn't just let us keep drifting and drifting and drifting, but He speaks into our lives and He lets us know that there's something not right. If you're glad for that, say amen. Right? He lets us know. And in that moment, we have a choice. We can keep on driving spiritually, we can keep on drifting, or we can we can do what we should do, right? When it comes to my truck, the only way when that light comes on for me to really know what's wrong with it is to take it in and and let someone hook it up to a computer that diagnoses it. Now, I've been around long enough to at least this is my own feeling and, and I'm sure you could help in other ways, but what I've found is that normally when that light comes on, if it's something at all Uh, I'm best to just go to the manufacturer, to the dealership, let them run it. You see, they know every sensor. They have the program that was written for my vehicle. And when they hook it up to that computer, that computer, every sensor all over that, that vehicle, it was made this way, that all of that information comes back to one main computer. And so when they plug it in, it will give them a printout and diagnose everything that's wrong. It searches that computer to find out the problem. You see, what we need to do spiritually is we need to We need to come back to our manufacturer, the God who made us. Remember last week we talked about he is our creator God, the one that knit us together. We need to come back to the manufacturer and we need to let God search our heart. You see, our heart is our main computer. Our heart is the one that senses everything that's going on physically, emotionally, all around us. And when he begins to search our heart, he begins to understand exactly what is going on in our life and exactly what we need. I'm glad I serve a God today that's not baffled by what's taking place in my life, but he has an understanding of what I need today. If you're glad for that, say amen. But we have to come before him. You see, God knows exactly what you need, and we have to come before him and open our heart, and we have to ask, God, would you search me? Would you search me and know my heart? Would you know exactly what's taking place in my life today? Would you know the areas where I'm beginning to drift? Oh, God, search me today. David prays this prayer. We can't ignore the warning signs. We can't ignore the voice of the Holy Spirit. We have to let the Lord search us. And then David's prayer goes on and he says, test, later in that verse, test me and know my anxious thoughts. David doesn't stop with his heart, but he invites God to test him and to know his thoughts. You remind you this morning that our thoughts are the, are the doorway to our heart, right? The Hebrew word for thought here means to know the thoughts, to know our thoughts, but it goes beyond that, more than just know our thoughts. But it's to know our thoughts, catch this, which divide and distract us, which divide and distract our mind, okay? Thoughts that come into our minds that divide and distract us. Or another word that, that's used there is thoughts that agitate the mind. Do you have thoughts, do you ever have thoughts that distract you or agitate your mind, right? Don't we have thoughts like that? We could, maybe they're anxious thoughts, thoughts that cause us to worry or fret or fear, right? Lots of different ways. Or maybe they're thoughts about things from the past, I don't have to remind you today that thoughts from from our past, especially before we knew Christ, if you're a Christian today, or maybe thoughts just just here today and maybe you're not, uh, not yet a follower of Christ, but you can look back on your life and there are things that haunt you from the past. You see, these are thoughts that can divide us or that can agitate our mind. Those are things where we, where, we can, where we think about them. When they come to mind, we think, I wish I would have kind of thoughts. I wish I would have done things differently. Or I wish I would have said things differently. Or I wish I could go back and change what happened. Thoughts can divide and distract us, right? No matter how long we've been a Christian, the enemy has a way a lot of times of Drudging up things from our past over and over and remind us of our mistakes and failures and sins. And often if we allow it to, it can divide our thoughts so much that it can keep us from victory today. If you believe that victory in Jesus is possible today, say amen. And yet so often we live defeated lives because we allow our thoughts to be divided over things in the past. I have a friend who was saved later in life, great guy. In fact, I enjoy spending time with him. He's just a, he's just a fantastic uh, uh, person, and we have a lot in common. And he got saved later in life, and um, we've had lunch a number of times, and almost without, almost without reserve, uh, this comes up when we, when we meet. When we get to any deeper level at all in talking about how things are going, he'll share with me something along these lines. He'll say, you know, I just wish I would have became a Christian sooner. My kids didn't grow up in the church. They all are adults now. They're not following Christ. They're far from relationship with him. Not even really have an inkling of desiring to attend church or, or know the Lord. And he said the thought of that just haunts me every single day. The fact that I wish I would have come to Christ sooner. And he lets the thought of this bring division to his mind. In fact, it weighs on him so very heavy. Now, you can probably understand that, right? It it, it can be anything. It doesn't have to be a situation like this. But it's different for me, and it's different for you. The things that we look back on and wish we would have done differently. And as I talk to him, I remind him that You know what, your obedience to Christ today, right? It's never too late to do the right thing. You're doing the right thing now. Don't get hung up on the past. God's grace that reached out to you and saved you. God's grace that transformed your life. Do you you realize, I tell them, do you realize that God knew when he saved you that your kids were far from him? What do you think he's doing right now? God is actively seeking after them. And what they need to see is victory in Jesus in your life lived out every single day. And as long as we let the enemy distract us and divide our thoughts and keep us weighed down from the past, we're not going to live the life that he's calling us to live today. I have to remind you this morning, and you hear this verse often, and I quote it to people. I quoted it to somebody this week. I quote it a lot because I believe that this is a place where a lot of people get hung up, is with my past, Hear these words again this morning. Psalm 103. God, he does not treat us, speaking of God, he does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. If you're struggling with your past this morning, memorize this passage. And when the enemy comes and begins to to try to remind you of what's back there, you remind him of the truth of God's word. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Aren't you glad this morning? I thought I'd get more than one amen. Thank you, Moni. But I thought I'd get more than one. Right? I mean, we should celebrate this verse every day. My past it's it's not only forgiven but God has forgotten it. What have you done? He doesn't remember because his grace is all-sufficient. And we let these things come to our minds and divide our thoughts from the past over and over and over again. Stop beating yourself up about your past. If you've asked for forgiveness this morning, don't allow the enemy to hold you in bondage one more day. God's grace is sufficient. I remind you what Jesus said. He said, he who the Son sets free is free indeed. You've been set free this morning. Don't let your thoughts divide and distract your mind. Surrender them to Christ because he's able. My friend, I I continue to tell him and I continue to pray for him that God would set his mind free and that he would be able to live in the freedom that God gives him today knowing that as he prays and as he seeks God on behalf of his children that God is faithful. And if you're praying for your kids today, don't give up. Thank you. Don't give up. Persevere. Keep praying. Keep trusting. You see, we have to believe that our God is able this morning. It might be anxious thoughts that, that agitate our mind about the present. I wish I could thoughts, right? I wish I could change my job, or I wish I could change my child or my parent, or I wish I could change my school situation, or I wish I could change whatever it is that you wish you could change in your life today, right? The list is on. I wish I was smarter or taller or skinnier or or whatever. I wish I could get through this problematic season that I'm in right now. I wish I could. And these kinds kinds of thoughts just can overwhelm us, stress us out, cause anxiety, and bring division to our mind. They continually divide and distract us. Or maybe it's something about the future. I will, I will never get through this. Right When we start thinking about the future, a lot of times we think, this is never going to end. I'm never going to get through this. Things are never going to change. I'm never going to overcome. God will never work. God will never provide. God will never help. God will never save. Can I just tell you that these are lies straight from the pit of hell? I'm talking as plainly as I know to talk to you this morning. These are lies from the enemy. And yet these lies come into our mind and we, and we allow them to divide and distract us. And sometimes we live divided and distracted in our thinking for long periods of time because we fail to read the truth from God's word. It's the truth that sets us free this morning. David says, test me. God, test me and know my anxious thoughts. What's he saying? God, would you look into my mind and would you show me the thinking that's dividing by very heart today? I love what Isaiah chapter 23, verse three says. See, when our, when our minds divided, we're not at peace. And more and more and more, in conversations that I have with people, what they're seeking more than anything else is, I just need peace. I just need peace in my life. I just need peace of mind. I just need peace in my family. I just need peace in my situation. Can I tell you how we can have peace in our mind today? Here it is. You will keep him in perfect peace. Not just peace, but perfect peace. Aren't you glad for that word this morning? He, he will keep, you will keep him in per- perfect peace all. keyword. All, right, who trust in you. So the first, we have to trust in him. And the second, all whose thoughts are fixed on what? On him. Not thoughts that are fixed on the past, not thoughts that are fixed in today, not thoughts that are fixed out here of what could be sometime down the road, but getting our thoughts fixed on the one who loves us and created us. We've got to get our thoughts on Jesus Christ Today And when we fix our thoughts on him, and we fix our thoughts on the truth of his word, what follows? Perfect peace. Why? Because the calmer of the storms can calm yours. The, the calmer of, of the storms of this life, he can calm the storms that are raging in your life today. Peace comes on those who, whose thoughts are not divided, but those who have fixed their heart and their mind on Jesus. And can I tell you today that that's a choice that you make? Simple as that. It's a choice that you make. It's a choice that I make. I choose to, to say, I'm not going to think on these things. I'm going I'm to think, I'm going to put my mind on Jesus. How do we do that? A lot of times we do it by getting into the word of God and beginning to to, to realize that God has given us so many great and precious promises to stand on in the times when the enemy is trying to divide our thoughts. Let me share with you one from 2 Corinthians. Paul writes, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, jumping in the middle of it here, but we are destroying the sophisticated arguments and every exalted and proud thing that sets itself up against the true knowledge of God. Now, what he's saying there is that there are going to be things that come into our lives and into our mind that will try to divide our thoughts, that will try to challenge the truth of God's Word. There will always be things that come to try to challenge the truth of God's Word. That's what he's saying there, but he doesn't stop there. He says, And we are taking every thought and purpose captive, to the obedience of Christ. What's he saying? He's saying that I have a choice to make. I can take the thoughts, when I'm tempted for my thoughts to be divided and anxious, I can take those thoughts, those things that are trying to, to upset me and divide my thinking, and I can say, Lord, what is the truth? And the truth is found here. And I begin to meditate and dwell on the truth of God's word. It goes back to Isaiah. When I trust in him, when I fix my, when I fix my thoughts on him, peace will always follow that. And that's a choice that you make. And it's a choice that I make. I can dwell in the midst of division and divided thoughts. I can dwell there. And when I do, I'm anxious and I'm fearful and I'm worried and I'm sick to my stomach with regret because of things that happened in the past. And I'm sick to my stomach because of what could happen out there. I make the choice to live there. Or I can make the choice to say, God, I'm going to trust and believe in your word today and know that your promises are true. And when I believe it, and when I dwell on it, guess what? God begins to bring peace to my heart and life. Why? Because he never, ever fails. His promises are true. We'll dwell on the right things. We'll think about the right things. Surrender your thoughts to Christ they are divided and receive his peace. But the prayer goes on. Search and test and then see. See if there's any wicked or offensive way in me. Most of of us might judge ourselves this morning on the surface and say, um, I'm not offensive. I wouldn't consider myself to be wicked so I can move on, right, to the next part of the prayer. But the translation I think that might better help us is this from the New English translation, see if there is any adulterous tendency in me. See if there is any tendency in my life, God, to put anything else before you. See, I I wouldn't call any of you wicked either. I love you and I care for you. But the enemy so subtly can move into our life and into our relationships and can tempt us to put other things before our relationship with God. And this slow drift can take place in our hearts to where we don't really even see it happening. Before we know it, we've drifted. God is what used to be first place. We used to seek him for everything. We used to call upon him. We used to trust him. And over time, we've slowly drifted away from that close relationship that we once had because other things have gotten in the way. See if there is any idolatrous tendency in me God would you show me today if anything has crept in that is smothering my relationship with you is there any thing that comes before you God how about this am I seeking anything in my life more than I'm seeking you Am I seeking anything in my life more than I'm seeking you? Where do I have a tendency to put anything else before you? Or maybe, where do I have a tendency to to choose selfishly? You ever make selfish choices? No, not us, right? We wouldn't do that. Oh, God, help me to see selfish choices in my life. You see, whatever I want more than I want God is an, is an idol. Whatever I want more than, than I want him is an idol in my, in my life. So if I if, if simply this, if I want what I want more than God wants, then what I want is it, an, an idol in my life. There's a, there's a tendency to want what I want more than him. And can I just remind you today that that's a natural tendency that we all have. To want what we want more than what God wants. I think often that other people can see it in us, a lot of times, more than we can see it in ourselves. You see, we don't have any problem pointing out out selfish tendencies in others around us, right? Now, come on, really, come on. We don't have any, any problem pointing out selfish tendencies in others. But how often do we stop at the end of the day and say, Lord, would you show me any place today where I acted selfishly. When I, when I wanted more what I wanted than what you wanted, God, God, would you show that to me today? Or when I manipulate situations to, and circumstances to benefit me, instead of having the best interest of all involved. We live in a society and culture today that constantly puts self first, right? Constantly, and encourages us to do the same. And when we choose more and more consistently what we want over what God is speaking, that's this idolatrous tendencies that's being talked about here. Now, let me say this with all the love that is intended. This can happen to us this morning if we've accepted Christ and we desire to walk with him. It can happen to us early in our Christian walk. But can I also tell you this morning that idolatrous tendencies can still be happening if we've walked with Christ for 40 years. If you're hearing me this morning, say amen. Or longer. Why? Because the enemy is very subtle. And he can begin in our life, if we're not constantly saying, Lord, would you you know my heart? Would you help me to see if there's any way, anything in me that's causing me to want what I want more than what you want? Lord, would would you reveal that to me? Help me to see it this morning. And often, when we choose what we want more than what God wants, here's what happens. The more difficult it is to hear his voice because we continue to choose what we want, and choose what we want, and choose what we want. And before you know it, God's trying to speak into our lives and we can't hear him because we've just stopped listening. And we have to pray, Lord, help me to see if there's these tendencies. Can I remind you today that if we live our lives for ourselves, and if we live our lives for us and what we want, people around us are only gonna see what? Me, only gonna see you. But if I live my life, if I choose to live my life for God and and, and do what he wants and desire his will and lay aside selfish tendencies and say, Lord, I just want to serve you and be what you want me to be. I want you to transform me and help me to live my life with all your love and grace and mercy just being poured out of me. Then other people around us aren't going to see us. They're going to see a reflection of who? Jesus. And I know I'm surrounded by people today. You wouldn't be here on January 14th when it's four degrees outside and having the roads the way you would not be here today if you didn't want to live that kind of life. And that's why we have to pray this prayer. That Christ's love would flow through us. That we wouldn't be blinded by the enemy to desire more and more of what we want. But God, help me to desire what you want. Paul, I mean, he just spells, he spells it out in such an amazing way. Philippians chapter 2. Beautiful passage of scripture. I have to share it with you this morning because, like, it, it it just says, this is what it looks like to live a life that is desiring continual transformation by the Holy Spirit. This is from the message paraphrase. He starts out with about five ifs. You ready? If you've gotten anything at all out of following Christ. Have you gotten anything at all out of following Christ? If his love has made any difference in your life. Has it made a difference? If being in a community of the Spirit means anything to you, don't you enjoy being in the community of believers when the Holy Spirit comes? If you have a heart, if you care, and I know you do, then do me a favor. Here's Paul. Agree with each other, love each other, be deep-spirited friends. Don't push your way to the front. Don't sweet-talk your way to the top. Put yourself aside and help others get ahead. Don't be obsessed with getting your own advantage. Forget yourself long enough to lend a helping hand. What a beautiful description of what our life should look like lived out. And can I just tell you this morning, it looks just the opposite when we're constantly seeking after our own wants and desires. Think about it this morning. Ask yourself the question, am I I agreeable or often fighting and quarreling with others? Do I find myself upset with others a lot? Do I seek out deep friendships or when they get to a point of any depth, do I begin to get jealous if they get ahead a little more than I do? Or if the blessings follow their life a little more than they follow mine? Do I find myself demanding my rights? Do I manipulate others for selfish gain? When I've laid down my wants given, uh, and given my time to help some someone else, uh, have, have I really... Help them, or did I z- desire really what I wanted? How much time do I spend thinking and working and desiring for what I, I want, my own needs, versus the time I spent thinking and working and desiring ways that I can help other people around me? See, those are the questions that I kind of pulled out of what Paul is saying here. Love each other, agree with each other, be deep spirited, don't push your way to the front. You can read back through this today, can I just tell you? and say, Lord, would you show me, have I done this? Have I done this recently? And you know what the Holy Spirit is faithful to do? He's faithful to shine the light on the areas of our life where we've been selfish. And I have to remind you today that when he does, he does it again, not to condemn us, but because his greatest desire is that we be transformed into his image. He wants you to be like him. And I have to tell you this morning, in a very transparent way, I don't always get it right. I wish I did. That's my desire. But I don't always get it right. I asked my wife and daughter last night to give me an example of a situation maybe where they felt manipulated. And guess who they used? And they laughed, and they were kind of joking, I think, but also they were very happy that I asked the question. I don't always get it right. But I want to. I want God to work in me in such a way and help me to see those areas of my life so that I can become more like him. And then last he says, lead me. Search me, O oh God, and know my heart. Test me. And know my anxious thoughts. See if there be any wicked way in me. Okay? He prays all of these prayers. Lord, shine the spotlight for one reason. Because my desire is that you lead me in your way. That you lead me in your way that doesn't stop on this earth. Right? but that you lead me in your way that is eternal. This transformation is not just for the here and now, but the transformation that takes place in us here and now is the journey that will continue forever and forever and forever if we allow him to work in our heart in that way. If you're glad for that, say amen. Lead me in your way. Help me to be what you want me to be. And this leaves us with a choice this morning. I can choose to continue to live where I'm living. Talked about that check engine light. I've been guilty of this, and some of you have told me you have too. But back in the day when that check engine light would come on, I know people who have taken a little piece of a black electrical tape and they've stuck it over the check engine light. And I've done it too, Butch is shaking his hand at me because he's told me he's done it. We we, we put it over that because we don't want to see it. We don't want to hear it, right? This morning we have a choice. We can can ignore it or we can pray it and with all sincerity say, God, would you search me? Would you know me? Would you see me? Would you help me to live the way you want me to live? Would you shine the spotlight of heaven in my life? David was praying, don't stop. God, don't stop the transformation. Change me more and more to be like you. I pray that's your prayer this morning. God, don't stop. Don't leave me the way that I am. But Lord, continue to transform me. If we're running on empty this morning, what we have to do is come before God and pray this prayer and say, Lord, if there's anything that's standing between me and you, if there's anything that has caused me to drift over these last few weeks or months that, that has left me out here on my own, if I've made decisions that have been selfish and one after another that have gotten me to the point where I am, even if just now I'm realizing it, God, would you begin your fresh work in me once again today? He wants to transform you and he wants to transform me. And may God help us to be humble this morning. See, it doesn't matter how long we've walked with him. Can I just remind you, we need him today. And we need to be willing to humble ourselves before him and say, God, I just want more of you and your transforming work in my life. Would you stand with me this morning? Pastor Nathan's going to come. Let's bow our heads. God, we want to know you more today. We want your work to continue in our lives this morning. There may be some here who have yet to really make a full commitment to you and and seek you as their Savior and really ask you to be their Lord and for your forgiveness. And the reality is this, Lord, you've been drawing them to you. You've been drawing them to you. You're already working in their life. And today, Lord, I pray that you would continue that work and help them to be courageous this morning to step out and come and pray. Others of us this morning maybe have been walking with you for a long time and yet we know very clearly the voice of your spirit and you're speaking this morning. You're quickening our heart. You're speaking to us today and you're drawing us to you and you're you're saying, I wanna work afresh in your life. want to continue the transformation, and God, my prayer is this morning that you would help us to come and open our heart and say, search me, oh God. Try me, test me, know my thoughts, see if there's anything in me, adulterous tendencies. Lord, I don't want anything before you, Jesus, and lead me into your way, your path, that I can be all that you want me to be. God, would you do that work? Help us, nothing to hold us back today from what you want to do, I pray. In Jesus' name, Lord, work in us. If you'd like to come this morning.